Hi, welcome to another episode of Jedi Fun Time. We are coming to you live from the cargo hold of the Millennium Falcon while we hide from the huts. Uh, we don't have episode numbers anymore because we're too old too and old forgot them. Yeah. I'm your one of your hosts, Johnny. And this is Jimmy. And this is Samantha. And we have a very special guest from Rocks Geek, Dawn Zyanna Moon. Hello. Hi there. And for those of you that don't know, Rocks Geek is a Chicago-based belly dancing troupe that does sci-fi and um, comics uh, dancing. Who would have known? Correct. Did I get that right? Okay. Comics, science fiction, video games, everything that's nerd that somebody in the group wants to do, we do it. Um, and we also throw some fire spinning in there as well. So live yeah. fire is fun. That's right, you do. Right. I saw some video of that that was very impressive. Tell us how you got it all started. Well, it started because I, I, I'm a nerd. I grew up watching Star Trek. Um, Next Generation is like very, very comforting to me. <laughs> you know, there's that, that engine hum that just makes you feel comfortable. So my dad was an engineer, and so I've been oh. raised on science fiction. Of, uh, he was handing us books by Isaac Asimov when I was in elementary school, and I would read them because I thought, hey, this was cool. Wow. That's a, that's a tough read for a, a grade schooler. <laughs> you know, I didn't know any better, so I thought it was great. Because I, I read some Arthur C. Clarke when I was younger, probably 7th, 8th grade, and even that was a little tough. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I read a bunch of him, too, all those guys. Um, I won, uh, At some point, I became a professional belly dancer. One night, you know, it's one of those things that you do really late at night. Uh, you know, it's 4 in the morning, everybody else is awake, and you think, huh, geek belly dance. I wonder if that's a thing that even exists at all. Has somebody combined these two things? So I went to the source of our knowledge, which was YouTube, <laughs> in Geek Belly Dance, and I was generally horrified by the things that came up. Um, oh, God. There were a lot of people doing Slave Leia and the Orion Slave Girl from Star Trek, mm -hmm. which, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> there were a lot of people who were having a lot of fun with the concept and doing a lot of cosplay, but they weren't good dancers. And as somebody who was already a professional belly dancer, you know, I wanted more artistically and technically out of that than just somebody getting in a costume and dressing up and having fun. This sure. is representing belly dancing to the world, which also didn't strike me as perhaps the best thing. Um, so that, that's how Rocks Geek started, actually. I went to a bunch of my other friends that I was dancing with who were incredible dancers and said, hey, you guys are also a bunch of nerds. What do you think about doing a theater show that is geek themed and we'll belly dance in it and we'll dress ourselves up in cosplay and we'll do this concept right. Um, and then I also had a friend who was a fire spinner, Michi Trota, uh, who's fantastic at spinning fire and also a huge nerd. And she wanted to come alongside and spin fire. And so this fire thing got incorporated in the very beginning. And it's just kind of grown from there. It started as a one-time theater show and has grown into a proper dance company of its own. And when did you start this? Uh, 2012. Okay. okay, so going strong for four years. So for the, for the record, when you now search that on YouTube, your videos are number one, number two, and number four on the top five results oh, that come back, Pretty just good. in case you were ever curious. <laughs> Hooray, we're taking over the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's pretty great. So you don't remember when you started belly dancing, though, huh? Or do you remember what got you into it? Um, I started belly dancing about seven years ago. I, at that point, had already been a professional swing dancer. I was teaching classes for Lindy Hop and Blues and East Coast Swing and traveling around the country and dancing with people socially at different events in various places. Um, and when you are a swing dancer, particularly a blues dancer, 
Blues is a close partner dance with a lot of body isolations. And so every once in a while you'll hear people talk about belly dance because mm -hmm. belly dancers do isolations. And you think, oh, isolations. It might be kind of fun to learn more about how to do you know, really tight isolations. So that was another, honestly, late night search on YouTube. <laughs> uh, I apparently do a lot of these. So I typed in belly dance and got a sense of different styles and what people were doing and stumbled across this group that I thought was really, really fantastic. And then I found out that they were in Chicago. And oh, hey, they teach classes. But it took me a year to show up. <laughs> but that uh, actually is one of the groups that I dance with now is Read My Hips, uh, which was the group that actually brought me into belly dance with wow. looking at videos of them online. Wow. Yeah. That's cool then. So when did you be, so your dad was an engineer. You read science fiction at, a, at an early age. When, since we do a lot of Star Wars on the show. Um, <laughs> When did what's your earliest memories of the Star Wars universe? Because I know you like a lot of different shows. Like you and I met doing doing a Doctor Who meetup. Yep. I know you're a fan of Doctor Who. And when I brought this up and asked if you'd want to be on this show, you were pretty excited because you said you're also a Star Wars fan, which I I Thank wasn't you, really sure. So when did that start for you? Literally ever since I can remember. I don't remember a point in my life without Star Wars, so it's hard to sort of pinpoint a what was the first because it's just always been there. It's been part of the ether. See, I, I'm like the, I, I I don't remember my first thing. I remember going to see the Jedi in the theater, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I had seen the other ones prior to that. But I don't remember really like you just said. I don't remember having any real time in my life without it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Jimmy yeah, doesn't either. Leia was my hero growing up. Uh, I was actually the weird kid who Luke was my hero. I wasn't in love with Han Solo. Luke was the one that I I really looked up to and um, you know wanted to be and wanted to sort of have his journey and to to be the hero of the story. No, well, then we're done. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, Johnny. I was never a very cool kid. I have to admit that. Jo Johnny doesn't like uh, Luke because to him he's a bit of a whiner. But back when we were kids, we didn't notice that. No, but no. that's until, I mean, until our adolescence. The then we realized right? he, that. He goes through a great character journey. And exactly. Even by the end of the first movie, he's not whining anymore. Yeah, I think I think the they they did the Lego Star Wars, and they kind of did they kind of showed that and touched on that because there's there's parts when he um. He does something and Han Solo says, don't get cocky, kid. Then he does something and he goes, oh, I'm getting cocky again. Like, it doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, if you watch, when you watch all three, yeah, he, he develops into a full, you know, his character development does go from being that whiny, scared person all the way up. Arc, I think, in the entire show. The greatest you know, uh, the character arc? Hmm? Yeah, I mean, in terms of the trilogy. We, we don't, the, the prequels don't exist. So <laughs> He has the greatest character arc, I think. <laughs> it's Star Wars. Um, I, I would argue that his character arc is more interesting than Darth Vader because you really only see the change in Darth Vader at the very end of the original trilogy and not um, sort it's of... not a full development yeah. that you get to watch. The... Yeah, and, and for all the... I mean, we've met and talked to plenty of actors that had parts in the prequels, and, you know, mm -hmm. sadly, it, 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 I think it was just more of an issue with direction and writing than the people acting it is what it seems like we've oh, been finding sure. out as of it late felt like when you have an entire cast throughout three movies that you know i mean they hired plenty of capable actors and pretty much everyone was extremely stiff there were a handful of actors that weren't um, but it felt like they were sort of fighting against the director to act in a way that felt more natural for their characters and the script also felt very first draft that's kind of what we've heard. I've heard, I don't remember who it was that said it, and I probably wouldn't remind it. Huh? Multiple sources, but yeah. Multiple sources had said how um, Lucas was very strict on how they were being, how their acting was, and the only one that stood up and did what he wanted was Ewan McGregor, because he was kind of like, well, I have enough power to do it, and if you don't like it, then too bad. 
And if you look, he, 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 I dare you. Yeah, I mean, really, if you look yeah. at it, McGregor was pretty good throughout right. all those. Also, his uncle was Wedge, Dennis Lawson. Wedge and, Antilles, and, yeah. Yeah, so he can do whatever he wants anyway. So. so have you been keeping up with um, Star Wars Rebels, the, um, the comics at all, or any of that stuff? Not really the comics or the video games. Um, I got out of uh, comics relatively early. I was pretty into them when I was in elementary school, and then this sort of fell off. Like, I, I read comics here and there, but I'm not a comic fan, per se. It's an expensive hobby. Right. Johnny maintains it. He's the only one that, like, religiously maintains it. That's because I didn't do it as a kid. I had, like, a comic here and there, and until my early 20s, I started collecting image stuff, and then I Mm. didn't do anything for, like, 10 years again. I guess, because now I'm looking at them going, what happened to being able to go down with my $1 allowance and come home with quite a bit? and well, DC changed, lowered their price to two ninety nine a comic. Except now, except now they split the story, so you have to buy two comics. Of course. <laughs> rope you in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really what happens me with comics is that somebody will point out a particularly interesting series um, or a particularly interesting arc, and I'll go and look that up. So I wouldn't, you know, consider myself a comic fan per se, but even though I do a chunk of them, probably more than the average person, but not as much I think as the typical nerd. Because they, because they did do a Leia short series that you can actually buy as a trade paperback now. Mm. Like, they did they did a Lando one, a Leia one. They're doing a Han Solo one right mm-hmm. now. Um, I guess you don't really need to do a Luke Skywalker one since the entire Star Wars episodes, you know, four through six was him. Right. <laughs> but, um, they, yeah, they're, they're doing a bunch of them, and they're not too bad. But uh, did, you watch, do you watch, did you watch any of the, um, the animated stuff? Like Rebels that's out? Do you watch that at all? Um... <laughs> I knew Star Wars was a little bit dead for me because after suffering through all of the prequels, I wasn't very interested when a lot of the animated stuff that was more recent, uh, Clone Wars, came out. I didn't really watch any of it. Okay. Uh, And then eventually, I think it was last year or two years ago, I tried to watch some of that, and I just found Anakin too whiny. And I don't know... (laughs) Like father, like son. I was going to say, it's related. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would have thought he was... As bad if I hadn't already gone through the prequel trilogy and had less patience for it. Um, but I didn't make it very far in, unfortunately. I just couldn't handle it anymore. Uh, you're not the only one. There's a lot of people that yeah. split Star Wars down the middle like that between the original trilogy and the prequels. But, right. you know, it's, it's kind of safe to say now Rebels is kind of following the canon line. Um, at first, when you had, you know, Kanan and uh, Kanan, I always say Kanan, Kanan and Ezra, you know, the the whole story was these two Jedis, where did they come from? We thought they were all killed off in the prequels. So at first, it, it was going to go that route, and then it seems to be more canon now. So it's actually it's getting more yeah. exciting than it once when it first came out. Yeah, once Disney took it over, they really kind of straightened it out and said, okay, all this is going to flow together. Yeah. And I everything is going to... I'm really frustrated in terms of... One of the things that I thought was really great was the whole idea of having the extended universe, because that, when it was started, was a project that nobody had done before, at least not to any degree of success. Um, When I had graduated from high school, I'd read everything uh, in terms of the Star Wars novels that were out at that time, except Mm -hmm. for, I think, four of them. Um, And I was really disappointed that Disney decided to just kind of throw all of that away and say, hey, this isn't canon anymore because we just want to be able to do our own thing. Yeah, but how canon they how how canon they were even from Lucas Arts was always debatable because I know originally the first like the Thrawn trilogy and stuff was right. considered canon, and and then they threw but, it out. Well, then yeah, then they threw it out. Then they included and, it again, and then they I guess the problem was initially they had a handful of writers and they and Lucas Arts really monitored it, mm-hmm. but then by the end I remember reading books where characters that had been killed were alive again and stuff just started not 
being chronologically right. So I did think it was a really great sort of idea and project, though. That was something that, you know, especially at the time, the two biggest franchises were Star Wars and Star Trek. And Star Trek was incredibly episodic. None of the books are ever going to be canon. Um, And Star Wars was trying to do something a little bit different and trying to tell this cohesive storyline and live in a cohesive universe that, that spanned multiple different media. And I always thought that was really ambitious and kind of wonderful. Yeah, I would agree. So it's it disappointing was. to me that that's kind of gone away. Well, I mean, to be fair, all the new stuff they've come out with, novels and everything, now they're making sure it does fit with the whole universe so we, you don't run into incongruent, incongru- in, yeah, continu- continuity <laughs> issues. In, incongruencies? That would be it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so This it, is why they needed a woman around. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, so... <laughs> But that was that. That's what's nice about it now, and I, I felt the same way because there was lots of stories I felt from the old EU that would have been perfect, mm-hmm. but they've kind of tapped some of it and they've brought some of the EU back in with the with the animated series Rebels, the third series. They're bringing Thrawn in yeah, to hunt I heard them down. Yeah, coming just, back, which makes me really excited. Just announced yesterday. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna really need to go and check out Rebels. Yeah, it's actually really well done compared to any of the other ones. I give it that. Right. Mm-hmm. And um. And Mara Jade was also a character that I always really loved from the books, and I would love to see her you know, on the big screen. See, I, I like Mara Jade. Jimmy does not like Mara Jade at all. You just got the epic cringe. <laughs> oh, no. It's a, but it, that's, it's you a fun so thing. You have so few women in the Star Wars universe. That, so that's true. <laughs> and we got plenty there. They are coming right now, so I mean. Well, it's, it's funny that you mention that, because in, in the Lego ones, there's one where Yoda goes, um, they say something about Leia being the, last Je- the other last Jedi, and he goes, not a lot of women in our travels. Need to fix that next time around. <laughs> those yes. those so chronicles are hilarious. I, I think it's great because they at least acknowledge things that they're like, well, we probably could have did this. Right. <laughs> you know. That was actually one thing when The Force Awakens was coming out and we hadn't really seen the movie or you know had any idea of what was going to happen in it yet. Uh, I was really hesitant at the casting because I looked at the, the cast and saw almost no women. And I thought, you know, it's 2016. It's how we balance this out a little bit. Come on, we don't have to have just Leia and... Almost nobody else, you know. You had a handful of side characters like Mon Mothma, but they mm-hmm. don't really get screen time. Right. And it's, you know, so many male characters. Like, come on, let's balance this out a little bit. Well, it was nice seeing but, from the first order that the, um, what you call it, one of the first order troopers was a Phasma. Fe- besides Phasma, there was a sergeant that was a female mm-hmm. and Phasma. Oh, that's right. You're right. There was. So. Yeah. Interestingly, I heard they created Phasma in response to fan complaints that there weren't any women in the universe, and so I thought that was great. Maybe I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't. Right. I never really heard that. And Maybe they picked the right character with the Game of Thrones because she's a powerful character in that in that uh, series as well. So, considering she was in we full just, armor, she was extremely. It was just, even that out. It was just disappointing too. that she didn't have much camera time. I'd movie. agree with so that. Hopefully, she comes around and, more. And she was defeated rather easily. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a little sad. Right. It was like okay, you 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 threw the women a bone and then you snatched it back. That compacted her. I will say the Force Awakens. I I think I like it more than. I mean, we all like it to varying degrees. I like it more than Jimmy does. Um, I've seen a lot of the plot holes that Jimmy points out to me, and I just mm-hmm. don't care <laughs> because it's Star Wars, and it, I thought it was well done. What I think, what I thought was interesting though, was the whole time, all the trailers and all the parts. You really thought Finn was going to be who was more the main character, or to me. Mm-hmm. So I thought they really did a nice job leading us away from what the real story was, to some extent. Because yeah, they, exactly. you, you well, know. I mean, I was actually really just pleased that we got a female lead. Actually, you know, just in terms of the diversity and that sort of thing, and actually watching 
uh, different types of stories and people on screen. It was really great to see Ray be the lead character. And then you had, you know, so you had a, a female lead and then you had a black character who was basically kind of, you know, the second person in, right. the, in the show, which is not a thing that really happens very often. So, I mean, props to them for doing that. And it really, it really it works a lot in order to kind of fight those decisions on a, an executive level with producers. And it really kind of, I mean, it really, it was really almost a movie about three lead characters because mm-hmm. Poe was in a, a decent amount. Right. And then you had Finn and Ray. Uh, it's funny because I was watching the live stream today from England, from the, I was, I was, I was watching the recorded version of it. Mark Hamill did a little panel. Celebration. And, from Celebration. And what was funny is they asked him, you know, when did you think you were going to be revealed? And he had said how, oh, I'm in the, I was in the gym every day. I was losing all this weight. I was exercising. I was getting ready. He goes, and then I'm like reading and they're like, oh, and the lightsaber gets thrown from her hand or gets thrown from Finn's hand. He goes, oh, this must be where I come in. Because how great of a reveal would it have been to have Luke Skywalker walk through the forest and grab the lightsaber? Which I'm like, wow, that kind of would have been kind of epic. I I would agree. But he goes, and then I looked at the next page and I wasn't in it. He goes, so all that training and everything I did every day for all those days and my entire, like, acting was take off your hood, turn around. Right, and you can't see his body really at all. And give, and give the puppy you know, dog trying eyes. Trying to get it in shape when working in the gym. Yeah, give, give the puppy dog eyes and turn around. Well, yeah. but from an actor's <laughs> point of view, I mean, yes. I mean, I'm sure that scene was had a lot of takes as well, but to find out that you're pretty much the last, probably last week of recording <laughs> before it's a wrap, yeah, I would be a little disappointed mm-hmm. too. He's like, couldn't we have just filmed this first and then I could have like took vacation? <laughs> but he's right. going to have a much bigger part in the second one. I, I, I'm curious as to see how it plays out, and I'm curious to see who... I have my theory on who Ray is. I'm curious to see what they go with because I, oh, I was gonna say I, I just really do hope that the next movie uh, feels like it's able to launch off into telling a new story because that was one of the things that really did frustrate me about Force Awakens was mm-hmm. you know it felt right it felt like Star Wars but the problem is it it felt like also it decided to rehash the original trilogy into you know the thing that we know and love let's cram it all into one movie but we'll replace the lead with a girl and so I really hope that the the new movie is able to you know, do a little bit more creatively in terms of storytelling. That's kind of how you feel, though, too, right, Jimmy? I mean, you were kind of like, well, it's, it's just a new hope. I was, I'm like, well, I'm still, yeah. I'm still gung-ho on being a reboot, yes. I am very uh, much looking forward to Rogue One, to be honest. Another female-led yes. Star Wars film yes. that does yeah, not look like a traditional Star Wars film. It's a completely yes. different movie, I think. That I looks hope. like a live-action movie. Right? Yeah, I, I don't remember ever seeing samurai sword fighting with stormtroopers <laughs> before, and I am all for it. Because mm-hmm. I think the actors they have in those roles, from what I've seen, are are great. And, uh, yeah, that, that movie, watching that trailer, and let's be honest, we don't want to use the word, but it's a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. Yeah. It's you know, a prequel done in a way that, it's not that prequels are bad. Prequels are a fantastic concept. We, we were just let down pretty hard with the ones that we got in the Star universe. It was the midichlorians, wasn't it? Oh God! I I was not a fan of I was not a fan of the wow. whole I was not a fan of the whole Jesus uh, aspect of it, that Anakin that the midichlorians thought it was time to bring balance to the force, so she he, she just got pregnant. No, it didn't. With an inanimate force. Yeah, no, I was I I I, I remember they had mentioned it uh, when they were filming a Force Awakened, and a lot of people were like, no, 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 we're not, it's not, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to sweep down. Amidala was such a weird character, you know. Here she's fourteen, and she's meet a six-year-old and decide later on that he's hot which you know 
Yeah. There's we all ate went out now. Once we're grown, we all have our preferences. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's just a little weird when you meet them when they're so young and you're clearly a lot older at that point. At least they weren't related, awkward, right? Like, <laughs> back when they were wow. a little bit more equal. Awkward. And I think it was the equality thing, you know? They, they weren't meeting each other as equals originally. So it started off on kind of an awkward foot. And the whole love story... Uh, unfolded in again a way that was really awkward with him just being very possessive about her all the time and you never saw any real affection between the two of them but it's almost like him marrying his nanny yeah yeah that's a little strange right or like or like those kids the kids that hook up with the teachers yeah (laughs) it's like the same that's the same age spread right and i mean the age spread again would have been such an issue if they had just met when they were both adults yeah i would agree with that I, i could see that point it, it, the whole entire Star so, Wars universe could have ended if they just listened to Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I, I don't think Lucas is really. I don't think he's really a love story kind of guy when it comes to his writing, and I think it really no, showed in that one. Dialogue, he based right? he based Star Wars off of his real life between him, him and his first wife. But oh, I, I thought you were talking Luke, about Porkins. Lucas, Lucas is, wow. <laughs> is Han Solo. This, it, this whole movie is based off of his love life. So what are you talking Was about? Was it really? Yes. Oh, my God. His wife, whoever she is. I don't know the name. <laughs> wow. I, didn't know, I did not know that. Wow. I, I could have I pictured him being like, that Porkins character, that's me. Yeah. You know so, he's married to a Chicagoan now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Southside? Well, I don't know where she's from, but I know where they live yeah. now because I'm yeah. stalking the towers because I need to get his autograph. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy does a lot of stalking of... Jimmy Jimmy was an extra on Chicago, Chicago Fire, Fire yeah. mm-hmm. for many episodes just trying to meet Lucas's son because he was working on the show. Look, and I met we, him a few times. And we and totally saw... Yesterday. We swear, swear we saw him yesterday when we Ooh, were John stalking Carpenter. John Carpenter. John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> stalking is such a, a horrible word to use. It, it would have been a, it would have been a an awkward meet and greet if seeing me pull over the side of the road, get out of the car, and run up to him and go, "Hey, are you Chet Lucas?" Yeah, he was just literally standing on the corner of Halstead. Yes. Um. Hey, we're one step away from famous people, though. I mean, we had Corey D. Williams. His dad's Billy D. That's one step. Yeah, it's like that eight degrees of Kevin Bacon. We do. We can <laughs> do have technically those. one step would be you know the famous person. I think is how that works. Okay, two steps. We're two so steps. Two, step. two steps. <laughs> Thank you. That's that's right. It'd be one step. Still, two steps right. is not bad. Let's, I'm happy with two steps. Let's go back to steps now. We'll talk about more of this belly dancing. Uh, I was going to yeah. say, can we get back yeah. to the show? How, sure many, right. um, how many shows do you do a week? Uh, with Rockstick, it's actually fairly sporadic. We do big theater shows once every few months, and then we'll do things at cons and other events that are a little bit smaller. Um, in terms of myself as a belly dancer, I perform with Read My Hips, which is that group that I mentioned earlier that got me into belly dancing, okay. plus producing and directing Rex Geek. And I also perform with Acrobatica Infinity Circus oh, wow. and Spin Fire and Belly Dance with them. So in the end, when you kind of put everything together, I end up performing over 100 shows a year myself. Okay. We saw your music ensemble uh, last year at the Juliet uh, Library. Were you there as well? Juliet Library. No. For Star Wars Day? For Star Wars Day? The Klingon band was, uh, right. was there. Oh, or, El Troubadour. Yeah, they're yeah. fantastic. Okay, you perform with them, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, we performed with them during our first big theater show, and that's where the Wiki Belly Dance video came from originally. Okay. How did the. And speaking of Ray, we've been talking about Ray quite a lot. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that our next performance, uh, which is going to be Friday and Saturday, is going to have Ray spinning fire with staffs. Awesome. Where, where nice. Where, where's, where are the shows at? That's going to be in Chicago at the Uptown Underground. That's on our um, post here. 
So if, if you go to our Facebook page, you can get the information for that. The address, Very good. Very good. ticket the information. The is going to be 21 like. Plus, which is generally the, the show that Uptown Underground does. And then we're also going to do a Saturday matinee, which is special. And we're kind of, just kind of trying that out because everybody kept asking me if they could bring kids to the show. And there's nothing that we do um, as a company that's not particularly kid-friendly. But the venue. venue is usually 21 yes. plus. Yeah. So we're doing a Saturday matinee that's all ages, family-friendly, you know, bring the kids along and teach them how to nerd. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very cool. So where did you get your, your costume? So the costumes are a whole bunch of different things. Usually we end up making our own because generally you can't just belly dance in even a typical cosplay costume. Right. Um, you have to make a movement and, mm. you know, you don't want things falling off or in the case of fire, uh, <laughs> everything really needs to be made out of materials that aren't going to burn into your skin. Right. The polyester costume is not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, not great. So we actually end up doing a lot of, um, a lot of the costumes are designed and made by themselves. Um, also a fair chunk of them, I have the sort of design and idea and we have a good friend of mine who's a really excellent seamstress and she helps me a lot with costume making as well so that's pretty much they're usually just made by us in some fashion um the that, costume yes. we started out with something that was bought um and then made some pretty significant alterations to the mask uh, a woman who is a puppeteer uh Interesting. So she's a puppeteer for Sesame. She's done Sesame Street before. She's also a Hugo Award-winning author. And she came to one of our shows uh-huh. about a year ago and said, "Huh, it looks like it's probably a little bit difficult for you to see in that mask, and maybe a little difficult to breathe." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Yes." <laughs> and she said, "Let me help you. Come over to my house, and we will fix this." So she actually molded plastic to my face, and we uh, shaped the mask around that. So oh, it's wow. Much, wow. much better now. Wow. The Wookiee also got a little bit of a cosmetics job. We gave her lips and whitened her teeth a little bit. <laughs> and then we put a whole belly dance costume on top so of that, it. So, yeah. did you, so did you make the, the belly dance costume that goes over it? Yeah, yeah. So the belly dance costume is part things that I've bought and part things that I've made. Um, and it's actually, I would just take that off the Wookiee and I would actually belly dance in the, the current costume that the Wookiee wears. Okay. Oh, gloss. Yeah. Oh. How long does your show use last? Of Friday night doing a slightly even more ridiculous thing and turning the the Wookiee into a cosplayer. Um, Speaking of Doctor Who, the the intention, I'm going to practice this this week and see if the the Wookiee can actually, you have a little bit less uh, mobility in the hands. Um, But I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to make the Wookiee dress up as the TARDIS because I have made a TARDIS costume that I also perform in. Oh, really? And we're going to have the Wookiee belly dance as the TARDIS. You just got Johnny's attention over here. <laughs> well, it's just not that w- he doesn't like Wookiees, but I think the TARDIS thing, yeah, he really well, kind of lit up there. No, I, it's just, you, who thinks of that? You just blew his little mind. Yeah, yeah kind of like yeah. when I told my daughter we didn't have computers that fit on our laps when we were kids or tablets. <laughs> yeah, she was, huh? His whole face. I was just, but I was just, yeah, I'm like, wow. So that'll be Friday night you're going to try this? Yeah, Friday, Friday night, Saturday afternoon. Um, I am ninety-five percent sure that this is going to work out just fine. But you should it's have all, it's all trial and error. Belly dancing as as the TARDIS. How this much? How much water do you have to drink before and after <laughs> the show? So much afterwards. <laughs> how long are the show, do the shows typically run? Uh, the shows that we do at Uptown Underground are about an hour. Okay. Okay. Any intermission? Nope. 
No intermission, we go straight through. I try to squeeze as many acts in there as possible because actually we have uh, more material than we can squeeze into a show. So it, it's all trying to give you as much as possible since we've got it. Wow. So what other what other characters have you guys done? I mean, I know the Wookiee and I, I've seen some of the other, like more Doctor Who oriented stuff, but I mean, you, there's a whole troop of you and you've all, you've all done different characters. So what are some of the other ones? Um, so Star Wars related, we will also have a Sith Lord. Uh, who interestingly has 13 years of martial arts experience in addition to being a belly dancer. So nice. the, the Sith Lord will be doing some pretty cool tricks with the lightsaber. That helps. Yeah. Um, other standard things, uh, actually things that you're going to see this Friday and Saturday, um, I'm doing a piece as Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite. Oh, wow. oh cool. And spin cool. some fire with that and also belly dance. We'll have a Borg from Star Trek. We've got a nurse from Silent Hill. Uh, the nurse thing is fantastic. It's one of my favorite things. You, told, you totally creeped out Samantha with that. Are, are you a belly dancer with that costume, or are you a contortionist? Because, yeah, they do some crazy bends and yeah. whatnot. So, so Kamra, who is the nurse from Silent Hill, mm -hmm. comes out on the stage and did a lot of background work watching. Play, so Kamra plays the video game quite a lot and had done all this background work and figuring out how the nurses move in the game and wow. combined the nurse movement from the video game with belly dance. So it's incredibly, incredibly creepy. And a person should not be able to move like that. So you just kind of watch it and instinctively it's wrong, especially if you've ever played a video game along those lines. Mm -hmm. um, and at one point, the nurse comes off of the stage and you see these giant guys who shouldn't be afraid of anything. If you're watching them stage, they start shrinking away, which is <laughs> terrible because Kamara's not that big. Where, where can I leave my donation? Because I'm totally terrified now. And I'm not going at all. <laughs> well, come to the Saturday afternoon then. We, we thought that might be a little bit too scary for kids. So that's not right. going to be the kid yes. Yes. And Samantha. <laughs> By far. Uh, yeah, and we'll have Wonder Woman spinning fire. Um, Sweet. We'll have a, for the Saturday show, we'll have Merle from Chrono Trigger. Oh, wow. That's that's going back. I don't know. Yeah. So we, we kind of pull things from all over the place. Who is that? Um, I'm not know. doing it for this set of shows, but no. another thing that I do is this, dancing as the TARDIS. Um, okay. I also dance as Jessica Rabbit. Oh, that's neat. a lot of fun. Very cool. Although no, dancing in a wig is interesting. You've gotten Samantha's attention again, though. Yeah. Do you, do you need an Ewok well, fire, at all? Fire. <laughs> Samantha here cosplays as an Ewok. <laughs> or how about a Rodian? Because I cosplay as Greedo. No. We cannot have a belly dancing Greedo. I'm drawing the line. <laughs> you don't want to see my belly no, anyways. No, you're giving me ideas. You don't want to see his belly and you don't want to clean up the drool from the mask. We need your puppeteer friend have, to help us hot, out. I have hot problems too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that definitely sounds very interesting that you have going on there. Yeah, um, that's a whole range of things. Do you uh, promote your show at all? Like at... Uh, like things like at C2E2 or Wizard World or anything like that? Or? Mm -hmm. A lot of times I, I actually speak at Wizard World and C2E2. Okay. I think I've Do you have a panel? Are you going there to share? For the last four years? Really? Five years? Okay. Yeah, you were on stage at C2E2 with Nicole from my other sh with, from Two Girls Again at TARDIS. Right. And then, yeah, and then we did the, um, the meetup, all of us. Oh, really? Yeah, she was on, they were on stage. And they, you guys were live on, what was it? Oh, uh, we were live on Twitch. Twitch that. TV, that's right. You guys were all live Thanks on Thanks for inviting yeah. me, Jackass. 
<laughs> you knew we were going. I work weekends. <laughs> I can't go to C2E2. Here's my passes. Take your kid. Go with Wonder Woman. I think this year was there's not enough Star Wars people for me to go. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're taking off a word. Yeah, that's something I would say. I'll buy someone else's passes. <laughs> I am going to Wizard World, though. Oh, we, I'm sorry, correction. We are going to Wizard can World we? this year, so we'll definitely have to check out your panel there. Oh, fantastic. It's a lot closer to my house, and I can have the parking validated. So, yeah, I definitely. It's, Wizard, Wizard World's a lot easier for me to deal with. Uh, and to me, it's a lot easier to get to C2E2 because I actually live in the city. Yeah, yeah, you do. You live way down. Uh, way. Yeah, for me to get to C2E2, it's either drive to McCormick Place, which is fine, but then there's nowhere to really walk outside of to go eat. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you leave, you have to pay for parking again. Yeah. If you walk outside, you can actually walk really easily to Chinatown. It's only a couple blocks away. Yeah, that's and true. You, you can, can make it, some really good food. You can make it to Chinatown. That's and then true. head back to the con. Or if you just bring a really big bag, you can just pack a lunch because mm-hmm. cooler that's, in the car. I'm a rock star like that's that. That's what poor people do. <laughs> you, can keep a, you can keep a cooler in the car. Too. My daughter wanted to go this year to see Tutu as Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And then she had this like grand idea that I should be Diana with her. So I wore like a little business suit and my my glasses and I had this gigantic gold purse which housed all of her souvenirs and the five million business cards because she's a networker like her mother and our peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and our goldfish crackers and we had a grand old time. See, this is doing cons right. Do you need Linda Carter for for your uh, show? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, C2E2, it's it's fun time. But for Mm -hmm. me, it's, I'll go one, I'll take like, I'll go Friday or Saturday and Mm-hmm. One of the two. Avoid the strollers on Sunday. Yeah. Well, yeah. wizard. Well, I I was one of them before. I mean, we took Isabella her first uh, when she was like a, a year, yeah. and that was the year that Mario was there promoting his comic book too. My okay. buddy Mario. So, um, yeah. But uh, generally, I'll, Wizard World, I'll do three days, usually two or three days. Easy. Really? There's just not enough content for me to be there for three days. I'm on. You and on I go for day. you and I go for different things That's though. True. I like oh, seeing yeah. the I like yeah. seeing the panels that are about the TV shows or the movies and yeah. the behind the scenes. For that. No, he doesn't. When we went to well, he did for he did no. for the Boba Fett's. Well, okay, so it's Star like <laughs> one a day is about all he can handle. Yeah, really, that's true. like when we went to celebration in California, it was like pulling teeth to get him to attend more than like one or two a day. You'd just rather walk and wander and see what there is to see. Yeah, yeah one don't. One of my things at cons is often just going to Artist Alley and seeing what people are doing and talking to the artists there. There is some really constantly astounded stuff. at what people are doing. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of there, stuff I, out there. I'm afraid to go down there because I feel obligated. Like, yeah, you know, you, you guys are just sitting there, and yeah, they they they, they sketch great arts and everything, but like, I want to buy something. It's like, yeah, but it's yeah, it's very of, expensive. Too. I'm out of room down here. If you look around, <laughs> I have. Oh, I he's out of room. He's out of room too. I don't have a wall to put that on, but that looks really neat. Well, I actually heard from this. Is, this is something that I'm I'm planning to start doing. I've been sort of collecting the art because. You, you run out of space, right, to yeah. display all the, the artwork on the walls. So one of the artists um, who frequents, you know, Artist Alley at C2E2 and Chicago Comic Con was telling me that what she does is she buys um, basically kind of a portfolio-type book, and then she just puts all the artwork in there as a coffee book table. Or oh, a coffee yeah, table. That, that would be a neat conversation Actually, piece. Dawn and I had the same conversation at C2E2, and that's what I just did. <laughs> About this? I bought yeah. I bought the 11 by 17 like portfolio. I mean, that's not super fancy, but it holds them. Yeah. And it's up on the right next to, on the TV stand right next to the. Huh. So I could be like, oh, I can look whatever I want because we were talking about you know, is is it you know what about swapping them out every so often and changing the frames and you know, 
But that just seems like too much work to me. I, yeah, yeah, and I believe that's exactly what the conversation yeah. was. <laughs> I believe that's exactly what we talked about. So I think we need one of those for those emo prints that we saw the one yeah, year at C2E2. Yeah, that were those fun. were fun. Once in a while, though, you get a print that's just a slightly off size. Like, I have two Mystery Science Theater prints. One's uh, Tom Servo and one's Crow Robot, Crow T Robot. And they're just, like, they're, like, big. I, I didn't think about it at the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll take those two. And then she hands them to me, and I'm like, these are not 11 by 17. Or whatever that portfolio size yeah. is. I'm like, I don't know what to put these in. <laughs> Either you border it or if it's too big. I'm going to mm-hmm. have to, like, uh, yeah, frame it or border it or something. Yeah. Yeah. One of the most fun things, I think, that I ever picked up at a con was I was at Indiana Comic Con performing with the circus. And, you know, wandering around the, the convention floor afterwards. And there, there was a woman selling puppets. Uh, they were these really lovely, very adorable handmade puppets. So you had things like, you know, the entire cast of Star Trek as puppets. And okay. there was a Wookiee puppet. I ended up buying the Wookiee puppet. And I, I still have plans of somehow doing a thing where it's, here's the little Wookiee. And now you have the big Wookiee. Can oh, you, oh, in your show, you mean. Can you okay. use, like, somebody? Yeah. can somebody kind of marionette it? from above while you dance next to it? Maybe. That would be hard to do at our current space because I don't think they, they have any way to come in from the, the top. Okay. Um, I'd put on a drone and fly it around the room. That'd be kind oh, of my cool. God. <laughs> <laughs> that's, sorry, that's the engineering me coming out. With the, with the belly dance costume, too, so that the tassels are hitting people yes. in the head as, <laughs> yes. they, as, he, as it flies over. And a tip cup. I was... A tip cup. <laughs> yes. I was thinking more like an RC car, but okay, whatever route, sure. <laughs> think big, Johnny. Think big. Yeah, that's it. I guess that's where my flaws always he been. Ju- he's just got drone on the brain because last night when we oh, were at a Jesus. concert, there was a drone flying around. So mm. that's just the closest thing that came to his mind. Yeah, it's the. It's I think the everybody is starting to buy drones these days. That's yeah, that's the same thing. Oh, they're really scary drones, and now it's oh, drones. They're just fun toys. Yeah. I still want the Millennium Falcon one. Yeah, that looks really. really I have an cool. X-wing one. Do you? We'll, next time we'll bring one in and fly it around. Nice. Yeah, the, the, the eight foot. We're gonna ceiling, open the, a toy. The, the seven foot ceiling here would be perfect. It's not for a collectors. It. We're gonna open a toy. Wow, yes guys, guys, this is monumental. He's my buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's not a collector, we're a toy. Like everything's mid the oh, box in my house. So beep. <laughs> beep you know, out. if you want to bring that to a show and fly it around before we start. It's made of foam. I don't think it's gonna last long, to be honest. <laughs> well, the Millennium Falcon one's actually like plastic. It was like it's like, like hundred forty bucks. Oh, okay. It's actually yeah. it, I, look. Everyone said it was really nice. I got so, the Airhog sixty dollar one. So we can like bring the X wing uh, foam on on Saturday and fly it around. Sure. Uh, that that would actually be pretty cool. Awesome. Give me a heads up if you do that. I'll let the stage manager know. But. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't get thrown out. Last thing we need no, is we thrown out of another place. It wouldn't be the first time. Samantha has a habit of getting thrown out of places, usually liquor stores. And Benny's. <laughs> Banned for 24 hours from Benny's. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> I'm a real rebel. <laughs> Just missing the orange jumpsuit. <laughs> well, that could be arranged. I, I, I need that. I need that. You know, last night I got the idea for doing a BB-8 costume. There you and go. I, I figured out how to do it. Belly dancing BB-8 is the thing that's going to happen in the future. Have you seen the one with the little kid? It's like a little, like a little Asian. I'm trying to think where it was, but he... he they built it for his, like his son, and it looked really uh-huh. cool. That he was just able to move, and then he really, fall, yeah, he, he'd fall like he'd fall into it, and it would, like it would, it's hard to explain, but basically, it like actually closed over him. It like closed a, over him. I don't know if you ever saw like the Optimus Prime one, the kid with Optimus yeah, Prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was he actually badass, he actually yeah. converted him into the truck. The same thing. Up. The yeah, he, same thing with BB-8. He, the person came down, and the whole thing came down, uh, and closed over the kid, and then the the mechanical arm came out, and then instead of uh, 
It was instead of a lighter, it was something else. It was like a some like a, tissue or something. It, oh, was it? Yeah. Wow. To to, uh, to mimic the flame. It was really really neat looking. Very very creative how they do it. So it could it could be yeah. done. I was thinking the flame in, in my context could be I do palm torches. Okay. And so I could stick my hand out with the palm torch, and it would be that that flame, the lighter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad idea. Uh, very cool. So she's got some new material. Yeah. <laughs> so you know. I don't know if I asked this already, but what made you think of doing the Wookiee as a belly dancer? The Wookiee originally, um, in that first 2012 show, one of the people who danced with us then, who is no longer dancing with us, um, just said that she wanted to do a belly dancing Wookiee. And I said, okay, that sounds great. And just kind of let her roll with that. Um, she left the troupe uh, not long after that she got pregnant. And those babies, they're ruining everything. I know, it really did. So she did, you know, she did that video and then she sold the costume to one of the guys actually from El Troubadour Klingon Music Project who will Sally Dancing Wookie costume. Oh, wow. We saw him last year at Juliet. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. Uh, so since, you know, nobody had been the belly dancing Wookiee for, I think, about three years at that point, And I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And it's become a thing that's gotten progressively more ridiculous. Like when she did it, it was ridiculous just kind of in the setup with Klingon and band um, playing this original song in Shariwook and then, you know, just having a belly dancer as a Wookiee. What I, I've done with it is kind of take it a step further. And, you know, like if we manage to do this Wookiee TARDIS thing, which I'm pretty sure is going to be able to happen this weekend. Um, a lot of times what I'll do with a Wookiee too now, it's it's used to be that I would just dance for an entire song and it would be, you know, basically standard-ish belly dance movement for the, the type of style that I do. I remixed a, I found a remix of Taylor Swift um, doing Trouble. So way back, um, a few years ago, do you guys remember the Goats Who Scream Like People? Yeah. Okay. So somebody had taken the Goats Who Scream Like People and mixed that into Taylor Swift doing Trouble, because she does this kind of ah thing in there, and then they replaced it with the Goats. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... I went a step further and I found a Taylor Swift Trouble remix and put my own Wookiee noises into it where the goats would have been. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay. So I was doing that for a little bit and that was, you know, funny. Um, And then it started changing into now you get that that's Trouble remix and then I'll dance. You have to sort of prove that you actually can dance at first. I'm and just going to say evolves into things like the sprinkler and the lawnmower. <laughs> How hard is it to make that costume appear as as belly dancing? How much more embellishment to your movements do you have to make so that it does look on the outside like it does what you're doing inside? Um, not actually as much as you would think. Certain things just don't read very well, kind of no matter what you do, because they're buried under layers of fur. Right. Um, and some things read a lot better than you would think, because there's fur all over everything. If you shimmy, all of that moves around very nicely. Okay. So it, it kind of varies. It's actually, weirdly enough, a lot more work getting certain movements to show in the Jessica Rabbit costume than it is as the Wookiee. Huh. Uh, you just can't do a lot of kind of head isolations in the Wookiee suit, because yeah. it doesn't really read. Cool. Yeah, I started actually getting off stage and sitting on people in the audience and semi-molesting them as the Wookiee and making them dance with me on stage doing really cool shows. So it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Huh? Jimmy said said stop working. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy's like, well, I'm tapped out. Uh, if you want, you can run upstairs. I can run upstairs and grab a different headset. All right. Or uh, if you want, you can get me another beer. <laughs> 
<laughs> edit, edit that out. Turn off the country concert team. <laughs> Um, by the t- by the TV, there's a there should be a headset on the floor by my laptop. My other one. We haven't hit we haven't hit technical difficulties in a while. This is new. Well, yeah. I see you're still using the same splitter that. No, it's a different one. Is it? They all look the same. Oh, okay. Splitters all look the same. I guess. Well, yours doesn't go on and out. You hear fine, right? I'm hearing just fine. That's why I was able to ask a question. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I'm like the comic hey, relief of the show. You're something. That's for I'm sure. not the comic relief. I'm the I'm the one that I'm the the end part of the joke. Something else. <laughs> the end. The tag. I'm the tag self depreciating person <laughs> that always makes fun of himself. But um, no. What you guys do is pretty amazing. I mean, yeah. it's really cool because I remember you, they weren't belly dancers. They were the burlesque group, um, Gorilla Tango. Yep. And they'd done Mario Brothers and Star Wars, and they invited us to see the Doctor Who one, which I was rather impressed with the writing of. Hmm. It was actually not bad, and it was some neat little throw, you know, throw-ins to classic Who and stuff. So then when I saw you guys come around, I'm like, well, this is definitely more family-friendly. <laughs> I mean, Gorilla Tango it's, does it's, do, like... One, one of the, the girls performs with us, uh, Gia Lady, actually won uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, she won Best Debut and Most Classic at the Burlesque Hall of Fame. She, she spins fire with us. But... Since there are so many groups already that do burlesque, uh, that's nerd themed, I thought, okay, we need to just like stay away from the burlesque. Other yeah. people, uh, they can do that there. And so with us, she just spins fire. But she has that background too, actually. That's neat. Oh wow. But you definitely have have cornered a, an, an interesting market here. It's definitely something I hadn't heard of until they they brought it up and said we wanted to talk about it. Yeah, when I asked when I asked Jimmy and Sam and I said, hey, do you want to, um, you know, can we have Dawn on? And I said, she's a belly dancing Wookiee. Or she said, they have a belly dancing Wookiee. Sam hit, goes, you had me at Wookiee. <laughs> like, I started explaining other things you do, and she's like, you had me at Wookiee. That's excellent. Everybody actually really loves the Wookiee. It's uh, pretty funny to me that that's the thing that always sticks in people's brains. So now, your upcoming shows, do they do you post them on social media? Like your Facebook page that I just found here? Yep. Is that where we can find so, when you're upcoming? On social media, we also have rocksgeek.com. Okay. Which I, if you want to play around on it, I mean, I built that myself actually. By day, I also am a UX designer and front end web developer. Cool. I built the entire site. And there's some Easter eggs on it because I built it. So you can go poking around for Easter eggs and find some fun things. Wow, okay. Next time I'm not working at work, I'll be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a hint for one of them think old school Nintendo games. Oh, I know. I think I have a very good idea what she's talking about, but I'm not sure. You see that old school NES that's coming back? Yeah, 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 the the really tiny one. I was really excited about that for initially. Yeah, I was really excited initially, and then they said it has 30 games. I'm like, cool. And they're like, and then they said it doesn't seem like there's any way to download more to it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of. And then they're like, it doesn't play cartridges. I'm like, uh huh. There'll That's be a, too bad. There'll be a way to mine it. It's like the new when they when they brought the Atari back and it's all self-contained and you can't yeah. add anything to it. It's just like mm-hmm. that. But there's a company, so they made a Sega one not long ago that I bought my sister-in-law's boyfriend, and it actually plays the Sega Genesis carts and has like 60 games on it. Oh, that was my oh, shit back in the day. Sega Genesis. I used to eat the hell out of them. They looked like spaghettios, but Sonic had the Sonic. rings. Yeah, I played a lot. Of we called them spaghettios because <laughs> we, were, we were poor white people. Like, <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, I didn't have gold rings either when I was a kid. Right. I so, mean, so to us, they looked like spaghettios. I was like, get, get the damn spaghettios. My brother and I, when we were kids, really badly wanted a Super Nintendo because Super Nintendo had all the fun games. Yep. 
Uh, and my dad, being an engineer, said, we're getting a Genesis because Genesis is better hardware. Yeah. 16-bit. It was, well, they were both 16-bit, but the Genesis... Oh, you're right. Super Nintendo was The Super Nintendo had more colors, which caused some of the games to run slower at times. Mm-hmm. It, like, if you had the same game on both. Because I have both of them sitting right there, and I've, I've noticed that on some of the uh, Super Nintendo games, mm-hmm. like RoboCop vs. Terminator, when there's a lot going on on the screen, it would slow down. Oh. And I've never had the Genesis slow down on a game. No. You know, but when you're talking to a kid, they're not as worried about, oh, the hardware is really great for the yeah. system. Well, nowadays, yeah, nowadays I though. Play cool, right. cool game. Yeah, I didn't know. give a I didn't give a square right. soft games, and Street Fighter was out, I think, longer on Super Nintendo than right. it was on Genesis. Yeah. yeah. I was sold with Mortal Kombat. You can you can play with blood for the for the second one, but the Nintendo, there was no blood. Yeah, right. and right. so that's, so you remember hearing about my childhood days when we were listening to, like, Metallica and ACDC and playing Mortal Kombat. Kombat, that's how I grew up. Nice. Yeah, explains, explains like a lot. Does it? <laughs> we had the arcade playing Mortal Kombat, and the you know guys would come up and they, yeah, there's a girl playing Mortal Kombat. That's pretty weird. I'm gonna go over and beat her, and then they would walk away beaten, and it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think when I would go to Dennis's place, which was the arcade we went to up here, and yeah. uh, it was like in Harwood Heights, uh-huh. we would, um, if there was a girl playing, that was a girl that like a couple of us would be like, she's awesome, and the other guys were like, what's wrong with you? We're like, dude, she plays games. Come on, it's awesome. Because yeah, I always thought, hey, that's cool. I can't, you know. I knew up until college. I wasn't. I was surrounded by enough nerds. I went to the school at the University of Michigan. I think enough nerds went there that we had critical mass, and people actually thought that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't, like, the cool girl that could, like, play and win. I just played to play. You like my I, sister? You just button mashed and somehow I, won a few? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, uh, to this day, I still, like, I, I play probably, like, five games of words with friends that are active, and I win maybe, like, one every 15. I'm just not a talented at games but i like to play i have an extremely competitive streak so it was definitely a oh i get pissed (laughs) i get pissed she's competitive she just can't win yeah i just i lack the i lack the the strategizing skill for sure and some of the hand-eye coordination that it requires like with the response time and 50 million buttons like just gonna say too many buttons too many buttons like we went to great america a couple start and pause how do i do this wait well we went to great america and they have the new justice league battle for metropolis ride Mm-hmm. And there's six people in the car, and you have your own blaster, and it's just a blaster with one button. You pull a trigger, and you shoot these things, and the, each thing is worth points. Like, the henchmen are worth points, and you blow up the bots, and they're worth points, and all these things. And out of, there was four men in our car and two females, me and my, my, my six-year-old, and I came in third. And normally, um, you know, Jimmy's son will Beat my ass. make fun of me for how terrible I am. He's like, you actually were like right behind me how did you do that and i said because it's one damn button i can shoot one button well, let's be fair you're from the streets <laughs> of tampa <laughs> the, bad, the, bad, the bad lands of tampa <laughs> thug life right here but i said i can shoot one blaster and, and blow things all day long but you give me that controller with eight buttons and you have to aim with this button and shoot with this make sure you don't bump this joystick straight, at the same straight. time and fuck it i just want to throw it i can't deal <laughs> i can't i can't I will say I'm sort of confused these days when I play with current levels of console, the buttons have just kind of exploded. Exactly. That I actually do, I find it a little bit overwhelming because I didn't kind of move into that transition. I don't play video games very much anymore since it's such a huge time suck, so I always feel guilty. Mm-hmm. But I can duck <laughs> so hunt all day long. Like, wait, there are like 20 buttons on this con- controller. What am I supposed to do? Well, you, you played Super Nintendo, though, and the Super Nintendo has the same button count Six. as the... Uh, no, it's two less buttons than the yeah, Xbox and the less, PlayStation. And there weren't as many joysticks. 
That's the thing. The joysticks are what. Yeah, the joysticks there's the two and joysticks and the D-pad Because you can use those arrow keys instead, but if you bump that joystick, you're totally screwed. And next thing you know, I'm looking at the sky and I'm getting shot up and there's nothing else I can do anymore. When like, I try, te- when I try I teaching. I control without the joystick, actually. When I yeah. tried uh, teaching my wife to play Halo the first, like we, we'd all get together and play. The first couple of like hours, she was like shooting at her feet, shooting at this guy. Yeah, she started getting it though. She was getting there, but yeah, she. Uh... With today's games, I'm much better as like the spotter, the backseat shooter. Like I'll say, flank, watch your flank. Yeah, she knows. She, she... <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's that's my level. I don't play of many shooters anymore though. I have video games now. No time. Or even like those like adventure games like um, Uncharted. It's like, oh, oh shit, don't so go good. there. Or like try to figure out the puzzles. I can sit and do the puzzles and stuff all day long, but. The new Tomb Raider games are really good too. Is it? Yeah, they play like Uncharted. It plays, plays like a movie instead of. That's why some of my friends don't like them. You're, I think you're watching it more than you're playing, so that's why I don't care for me either. No, you have to make it through it. Like, but. but yeah, but there is a lot of like dialogue in like video parts. Anyways. So I, we go off on tangents. Here. Yeah, we. It seems like that's a common thread in every, any podcast I do. It's um, we get sidetracked really easily. Uh, <laughs> You're the common factor, so I'm going to blame you on this one. Yeah, I'd go along with that one. It's probably me. Are there upcoming shows out in the burbs at all, or just you're strictly in the city? Um, actually, so we're doing these these two shows at Uptown and Grand on Friday and Saturday, and then we're going to be at Gen Con uh, Friday night at Gen Con, which okay. is I believe uh, August fifth. Um, we're doing a show at nine p.m. Okay. Okay. We'll be out of town. We'll be we'll be coming back from out of town, but uh, well. So if anybody listening, if you're if you're a big gamer, come out and see some pretty awesome belly dance. Yeah. Uh, Zappa yeah. won't be able to spin fire at Gen Con because they're they're not letting us do that. But we'll bring some pretty fun LED props, and so you'll see a lot of cool light effects happening. Cool. Um, and then in October, Rocks Geek will be at Valorcon. Okay. Nice. Very October. <laughs> well, just keep just you know just <laughs> keep just keep sending me the info and I'll I'll post it for you. We'll put it on great, you know we'll, we'll definitely share it and it was great having you on. It's always nice to talk to people that are doing something unique. I mean, we talked to a couple that skinned a Hyundai uh, Velocitor as Slave One from Star Wars and they right. made Mandalorian oh, awesome. costumes. Yeah, people doing cardbacks for yeah. um, action figures for uh, characters. Custom cardbacks, yeah. Cu- cool. Custom yeah. action figures. We've talked to the guy that makes yeah. custom action figures. Yeah. So it's always nice to talk to people that are into things that we like and, uh, and share that with others. integrating their hobbies into yeah, other yeah, passions. Yeah, That's yeah, really yeah. neat. What you're doing is really amazing. It really is. And you're local yeah. here in the Midwest too, with us. So. And it's always nice too. Doing the thing where you combine two things that are totally different and kind of smush them together and see what happens. Yeah. That's how they came up with peanut butter and jelly and peanut butter and chocolate. Come on, is there anything? Come on, peanut butter and chocolate—that's pretty badass. They're great together. See, she agrees. I, I am getting I this. I actually hate peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> no, I, I meant I, I meant the chocolate I one. The outlier in that one, though. Yeah, I'm not a PB and J fan either. I meant the peanut butter and chocolate one was really the better one. But I, yeah, Sam just our, our Ewok just gave me this look of I'm going to stab you, <laughs> and then eat you because that's what magical little creatures do, right? Did you ever wonder what happened to the woman that they got the dress from? Yes, yes, that is the thing that I've said for the longest time. Wait, wait a minute, how did he just have a, white, a, a, a pristine white dress for Princess Leia to mm-hmm. wear? What happened to the woman that had that dress prior? Eat somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they must like eat. <laughs> That's why when I sometimes when I'm when I'm wearing that outfit, like I'll make this like really awful evil face and be like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, "Well, don't you think they ate people? How do you think they survived?" Like, come on. Well, I thought you had that face when you were talking to the senator there at the last Juliet library. Well, he was kind of a creeper, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sadly that kind of runs in this field too. <laughs> 
know, Ewoks are really adorable and they're really deadly. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's kind of creepy if you think about it. It was kind of like at the last Juliet. They're just, like critters. Just here in June, it started to rain, and mm-hmm. when you're wearing fur, as you will know, and it gets wet, it's just sticky right. and it smells and it's funky. And so I had this like terrible scrunched up face, and I was like, "You won't like me when my fur gets wet." <laughs> I was about to go like Hulk walk on everybody. Like it was terrible. That sounds like a meme right there. I think we need a photo of this. <laughs> Angry Samantha, the Ewok. I, it's on my Instagram account for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Dawn. Yeah, it was great having you. Have, have great shows this weekend. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, like I said, I should have this up in a day or two. Yeah. Not a whole lot to cut. No one, no one said anything super offensive or no massive swearing. But Dawn, good luck. Have a great couple of shows this weekend. Thank and you again so much for joining you. us. And you'll keep us posted. And um, it was great talking to you. Yeah, so, I totally will. Thank you guys so much. No problem. Have a good, have a nice night. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.